street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Hello, people. Today, here, Fanny and I interviews, I'm going to talk to Dali. He is juggling lessons on Discord and Cordial Curiosity. Many videos. Thank you very much, Dali, for coming. And please Thank present you. yourself and tell people how they can follow you. <laughs> oh, um, well, I, at this point, I, I don't have a channel. I'm not making one yet. Uh, I've been working. Uh, under Reed Nicewander, uh, he's been mentoring me and and training me in street epistemology. So I've appeared on his channel many times, and most of my public presence these days is um, uh, on Discord, maybe on the street epistemology Discord server, uh, and things like that. Especially during this quarantine time, I've been spending a, a lot of time interacting publicly, uh, doing street epistemology. Yeah, you have several videos in Cordial Curiosity, so it's more like a go check Cordial Curiosity. I have had Reed, nice wonder here, and we're going to have two conversations with Dali. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the Cordial Curiosity and his career in street epistemology uh, training and everything. And tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit of more hot topics and sexuality, conversations on LGBTQ and everything around, poly and more. So let's talk about the street epistemology approaches in Cordial Curiosity. Dalit, please, uh, how many videos or approaches do you think you have done in, in there or related to SE? I was surprised at how many it was. You asked, I, I sent you a series of links and I think I sent you something like 10 of them and I was quite amazed that there was that many. Um, uh, separate videos of me uh, doing street epistemology online. I was surprised. Yeah, there are quite uh, a lot. So you don't have a track of that you, yourself. Uh, I, you just give to Reed and he uploads. I don't have a YouTube upload. channel. Yes, I was. Uh, I've been training under Reed. Uh, he's been mentoring me in this process of getting better at public street epistemology rather than just the the theoretical or text based version of it. Uh, and and. It's been going really well. So I haven't had to set my own stuff up. I haven't had to get my own equipment. Um, you're just talking to me on my phone. And uh, that is something I'm planning to do because um, my voice is apparently helpful. So I'm going to make my voice available. Okay. How did everything start? Do you have any, when did you get interested about uh, street epistemology? Uh, what is your, your personal training and education is related to that? You know, and okay. tell us a little bit for whoever is interested. To I get think of how far back to go. I'm going to start by saying something like six years ago, I, I'm unclear. I, um, I came across Peter Bergosian uh, with his, promoting his book. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm getting the two confused. Impossible Conversations is the current Very one. Central. The original one is a manual for creating atheists. Yeah, it's right, it's right here. I yeah, that know. one. Uh, and I read it about that time, and it did not hit me well at all. I didn't enjoy the first book very well. It seemed very dry and theoretical, and and 
it did not convince me that this was a worthwhile path. And then Anthony Bank Damasco started for maybe five years ago, maybe six, I can't remember. And I started watching him and he suddenly convinced me of the usefulness of this thing. And I went, yeah, that is what Picosian was talking about, wasn't it? Kind of, sort of. Anyway, uh, so I'm very much of the Anthony school. If there is a, if there is a split, I don't think there is. No. Uh, but I'm very much following along the Anthony line of street epistemology and liking where he's going with it. I think Bogosian's book, the current one, the How to Have Impossible Conversations, the one he wrote with Lindsay, is yeah. twice as good a book because it's got half as much agenda and twice as much useful uh, actual training in the process. Yeah, we. I think we talked a little bit because this, in fact, is our second conversation. The first one we did not record, but uh, I think we mentioned this the other time that uh, I think this book is great, but I think the title uh, yeah. kind of was the trigger warning too early and made a lot of people not like or not even want to open the book or thinking that yeah. there was too much of an agenda. In fact, it is a more toward to how God's not great uh, mm -hmm. in the, the sense of the agenda of presenting arguments against religions. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, definitely this one is the masterpiece as you mentioned, mm -hmm. because of he, he has the doesn't have the trigger warning of religiosity that people would not oh I can't read because talking about atheists it sounds yeah. like it, it, the 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 name sounded like the Bible of of atheists like a, mm -hmm. the preaching atheist thing so for this one it's more everybody needs because everybody has sensitive sensical topics to talk to someone mm -hmm. that feels like I can't talk about religion with my mom or with about politics with my brother or mm -hmm. you know so there are always uh, those type of topics uh, we I mentioned yesterday when I was talking to Nathan in the street mm -hmm. epistemology and doing the the survey from street epistemology international uh, how earlier in life mm -hmm. when I was a teenager I would totally avoid the religion and sports and politics conversation because mm -hmm. this is just people are just so passionate about that and mm -hmm. fight and get heated conversations and later in life i was more into actually be even a little troll to start the conversation to be the trigger mm -hmm. and then calm down and use arguments and was something I talked to James Lindsay when I interviewed him because they mm -hmm. totally make a, a bad picture of trolls in the book. But, and I wanted to put that difference because I think even James it's himself is a big troll on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know oh, if sure. you, yeah, you see, he's like, I'm, I'm not very familiar with James. the book on Twitter. I, I avoid Twitter. I, I, I watched it for about six to nine months and I decided this was not a good addiction for me. I had to, I had to unplug from Twitter. It's, it's pretty complicated living in Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Just like don't get yeah, much I, I attention. I find Discord is an awful lot more like clubhouses with with people who actually care about what you think about them. And so the, it's um, not, there's not trolls on Discord, but it's it's a lot less bad. 
one thing that is interesting that, that I think from your career, you, you're so into street epistemology and participating in the community and doing a great job in, in the conversations. And it's, and you mentioned to me, you, you did not do any philosophy course or anything. You were not involved into this type of conversation before. On street oh, it was your, probably your... more like a troll. I, I went through my angry atheist phase, but that was like from 08 to 11 or something. Uh, and and at that point, you know, I would be hang, having angry conversations, and and now I'm able to have them without angry, and that's a big help. My family likes it much better. I have few, much fewer axes to grind. <laughs> yeah, as far it... as philosophy, I, that's autodidactic, and actually speaking to philosophy professors. For the last several months, we've been having great conversations with Aaron, Aaron Rabinowitz, a professor from, um, I forget his school, sorry. Oh, no problem. We, we can actually put any link or anything, information people ask you later in the descriptions are okay. below. Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> so your personal training is not in philosophy or anything, but you did get into street epistemology and you got mm -hmm. the training from great professor reed <laughs> you had yes this, uh... yes reed nicewander has been amazingly uh uh amazingly resourceful for me and and a, and a good friend too but uh, uh that i love his that, that's been the real thing that that's been the real leap working with him everything yeah. prior to that was just getting ready for it yeah, I love him. when I interviewed him. I told him I love the way that he's so impartial. Like, mm -hmm. I'm really never be interested in doing street epistemology myself because I'm very passionate about the things I talk, mm -hmm. and I think I still need to go through more, watching more street epistemology to get the hand to do it. But I have been more open and talking to more people about it, and now had Nathan teaching me how to use the survey and let's see how it goes. But the good thing is to show people that you actually don't need to be into philosophy. You don't need to be a philosopher or going through right. a philosophy course to do a street epistemology or to philosophize because it's just thinking and having honest and friendly conversations uh, and try to explore people's methods to find mm -hmm. their truth whatever they say is truth. Uh, so um, we're not going to be exploring much the beliefs specific, but I think it, it would be nice to talk a little bit at least about, you know, what is to be skeptic, what is to be an atheist, and to mm -hmm. clarify because we know, uh, you know, we, we suffer a lot of the, this other side straw man constructions. So yes. now atheists are these people that uh, hate God or don't believe God, mm. believe God doesn't exist. And it's I hate a little... Darth Vader. <laughs> I don't actually hate Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's an interesting uh, thing to, to talk. And you tell me, what is the most interesting uh, belief you have encountered in your street epistemologies? Have there is anything oh, that you gosh. you have been interested you have been like I can't believe someone believed that. <laughs> oh, a lot of that, a lot of that. Uh, in terms, of, in terms of I I'm dumbstruck that somebody can think a thing is the conspiracy theory stuff. Uh, 
which covers a huge gamut. It can run from uh, a flat earth to, oh, oh gosh, I don't know, Illuminati to, I don't, I don't, know, I don't need to work that list. Um, and it comes down to the reasons why somebody believes a thing is because they've heard an argument against what they think is the alternative. And so they're believing this thing with zero evidence because they want to be skeptical or disbelieve the main argument. And, and when, you, it, when I drill down further, and that is in fact everything, that is the whole reason they believe it, I, I, that's the part where it's just amazing for me. Uh, that they can pull in and in a lot of those cases I don't think I make headway with them I don't think I shake them much um, there was a, a lady I knew for many years who ended up being a flat earther and I engaged with her on the topic as much as she wanted to talk to me about it for about two years before I gave up and said I I can't, I can't keep it going. It, this is like a weird addiction of, of you trying to talk me in and me just standing here going, I hear you, but you're not giving me evidence like that. You're, you're not giving me any reasons yet. You have not actually succeeded in, in, in convincing me of even one fraction of your argument. Nothing. And it was, that was so strange. So um, in, in a street epistemology way, I would learn to uh, uh, terminate that conversation when the timer goes off. Say thanks, good, and and hopefully I don't do them any kind of disservice or harm uh, by taking them that far in. Yeah, that's yeah. No, discovery is stuck, doxastically stuck. <laughs> oh yeah, the doxastic closure people, and that is one of the hints in the book as well to know when mm -hmm. to walk away. It's very important. Uh, because if you if you encounter the 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 trolls that the book talk about the trolls mm -hmm. that are really not even open they are just there to mock you to offend mm -hmm. or you know not on, honestly open to the conversation or to change their mind mm -hmm. or even like if people that like you said doxastic closure they do not see how they are not open to change their mind and they're going to be sitting there waiting you to talk something to say something they are not even listening to your argument mm -hmm. and they will just wait for you to finish to present, to deliver their message. Yeah. And, and you need to know that it's like, oh, that, that's not going to progress in any good right. way. So you have to, to know when to walk away. Uh, would mm -hmm. you have some hints for people that would like to want to learn more and eventually do some street epistemology, where to start, go to Discord, Follow mm -hmm, Anthony mm -hmm. Magna Bosco, whoever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your hints. <laughs> uh, yeah, All of these, so, Buzz. <laughs> uh, yeah, those things. Um, let me just let me just say I'll make a note for myself to to hand you the links for like my five my five or six favorite street epistemology channels um, that I follow, and that's not an exclusionary list. But that's just the ones that I can manage to keep up with. Uh, and of course, that's. No, I'm not going to try to iterate it right now. Links in the description. <laughs> now, the, the next thing is definitely come to the Street Epistemology Discord uh, on any of Anthony and Magna Bosco's videos and probably read Nice Wonders, the Courts of Curiosity stuff. Uh, in the description, you'll find an invitation to the Discord. 
And that's about 2,500 or so people that are mostly very serious and open and interested in learning this practice. It's really the clubhouse where we learn and teach each other and practice with each other. Uh, and there's a huge stack of, of uh, SE resources there in inappropriate channels. And, uh, 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 and a lot of people who are willing to just go with you step by step, practice SE whenever you like. Um, I think I'm one of a few hundred people that get tagged if you type at practice SE in an invitation. And, and so there's a lot of people who are, are willing to, uh, to jump in and do it. I've also yeah. been working on, on uh, collecting materials to, to do some teaching. Um, I like teaching. Teaching is fun. And I'm right now in the process where I've, I've gathered most of my materials that I would use in the curriculum. And now I'm trying to figure out what is actually needed between I've read a book like Peter's and watched some videos like Anthony's. And uh, sorry, James, I wasn't leaving you out. Peter and James's book. Sorry. Uh, uh, and and actually working with somebody live, talking with somebody live, and and not uh, clumsily abusing them. Uh, if there's a gap there, and I'm I'm trying to figure out if there is right now. And in the in the last month or so, I've not been finding any. So it might be that my goal of teaching is just to do the one one. And I might not need to put a class in. It might already be ready. Haven't haven't determined that yet. I'll let you know in a few months. That's really nice. I'm interested to watch everything, the conversations and the teaching. Uh, what's really nice yesterday we had the conversation me and Nathan that he has mm -hmm. a channel on street epistemology and has done two more than 200 surveys on that survey on the street epistemology international mm -hmm. um wow we had yeah and that, that takes like 45 <laughs> minutes to go through that thing that's great he usually what his technique what is very interesting he taught me is like he handles the the, the survey the paper to people mm -hmm. let them mark and then he take notes when they give him back and we'll only approach the things that they would disagree or that he disagrees oh. on his method. So he would mm -hmm. have his own in his mind and he would go mm -hmm. through and ask them what, how they interpreted the question and explore mm -hmm. a little bit more the question. We had done, I don't know how long we spent yesterday, a few hours together uh, talking about the survey and doing it together. So I have mine here, let mm -hmm. me share with you. <clears throat> and, uh, it was pretty fun. Ours is very close, mm -hmm. what he told me. So, mm -hmm. and we, as we we did during the video, so he was reading the questions and I was like, already giving my answer verbally. So he would mark on his paper over there and I would mark right here. And uh, I would just say like, oh yeah, I said, uh, sadly agree or uh, sadly disagree or strongly agree. Mm -hmm. um, and going through the questions and it, stretching and uh, maybe a little bit more presenting each one's interpretation of the question, uh, I end up changing two of the, the questions. That was the 12, talking mm -hmm. about the feelings. Mm -hmm. and, and it was really nice because I was interpreting first as emotional feelings. Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't right. think we should behave to life 
driven by emotion, you know, by feelings, and, and yes, by reason. Yeah. You know, to be an adult and not to be childish and just be a, make a big fuss of things. Uh, and and I, I, I marked at first to just disagree, but then mm-hmm. he told me that the feelings could be more the sense. So he was talking about the, go okay. check the outside temperature to see if you're going to put the jacket. And then we talked, okay. and then I brought back him the idea of the fever is something that in fact changes your body temperature and that's okay. why you feel cold and not that you're <laughs> changing the environment and everybody is going to feel cold or you're changing reality and that's definitely uh, a not reliable way to discover the truth and i even right. move to strongly disagree right that's and the saying. other one was the 16 mm-hmm. give all yep. claims the benefit of the doubt when first right. encountered it and i said like first mm-hmm. i would say yes but then later i said it's not that we do accept because we always judging by our opinions and our mm-hmm. beliefs or you know previous experiences so it's not really that we do give all the claims so i put I put in the middle there is some judgment involved there. Uh, it, it is a great uh, questionnaire. Oh, you brought. Yeah, I, I was about to say that at any time. I don't think the users can, can see this. People can hear the noise. It's, let me put here. Let me close this. Oh my gosh, they are so pretty. Uh, yeah, Dali has the chickens. Yes. It, she, she, Mama was coming toward me and trying to encourage Decoy here to come follow but decoy couldn't follow so i had to reach over no it's cute i will not even cut your babies out of i usually cut shiva off of the, the videos mm-hmm. but i will not cut your babies out of the videos they're cute and look at the coy it's so cute i love mm-hmm. the name <laughs> you always call them like that uh decoy is a temporary name because we decoy is an accident uh, we thought we were swapping and stealing eggs enough, and we had written decoy on one of the eggs and then accidentally left it in long enough until they hatched. And I say they because I, I don't know decoy's gender yet. Yeah. And that will matter because I, I will adopt out decoy if decoy turns out to be a boy. Because chickens are sexist. Chickens are very sexist. And you have to acknowledge and, and respect that. They okay. are. See, Mama. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to put her over in the core. I am back. Oh, no problem. Where were we? Mm-hmm. We were talking about the uh, question 16 on, on the list. Yeah. And I think you finished that. And I think yeah. we're still talking about the list. Yeah, no, I just wanted you to tell people where to find it. Uh, you sent me the link. Oh, okay. Uh, that that I, that link is actually my my teaching document. The list can be found in the SE Resources tab. Oh, it can also be found on the website. Of course, that would be yeah. the most obvious place. Here me... on the bottom, I think it's streetepistemology.com. Yes, that's it. The streetepistemology.com, and and I, you can go to the site and and drill down through resources. I'm there. Is I can like pull it up and make sure. Thing. Yeah, good. That's better. Yeah. So also going to find the link on the description below on the video. Okay. Video description. Mm-hmm. No problem. I'll put other links. You send me some and, uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it. Uh, 
I'll close this right now. I don't think we need to go through this entire thing again mm -hmm. for today. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I, I, I really like to talk every time we talk about street epistemology is why we do that. It's, I think it, everybody in different degrees want to know the truth mm -hmm. and, and believe something that they think is the closest to the reality or the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we know that we have gone through many times and periods and beliefs that were wrong before. Mm -hmm. And everybody can find some example in their lives of being mm -hmm. certain of something and be wrong about that and only find out it later. And there is no way to find out that you're wrong if you never examine your beliefs. Right. Yeah. And that is the importance of history epistemology and uh, I would like you to to maybe tell me what are the people you look up to? Like, do you have like anybody more? Than, yeah, your heroes. Uh, Anthony Reed, Ty, uh, Tom Jump, um, Paul Gia, Shannon Q. Now, not all of those are street epistemologists. Are you a do you call yourself a atheist? Are you an atheist? I am an atheist, yes. Are you um, an agnostic atheist? That would be correct. Okay. Uh, I'm agnostic about everything. I don't actually think that I should ever be completely certain about anything. I The, the highest my own belief scale goes is Sigma 6, which is like being wrong in about twice in a billion. Uh, Sigma 5 is like what you want when you fly on a jet. So maybe Sigma four. Uh, so I don't think perfect certainty is, is, is good about anything. As far as an atheist goes, um, I like Tom's jump sort of in idiosyncratic definition of, I believe there are no good reasons to think there is a God, which is kind of a different form than, than usual. Usually it's a, it's an opinion about whether a God exists. And I, I am firmly convinced that a God very probably does not exist. There's some kinds of gods which I throw all the way to Sigma Six because they their descriptions conflict with themselves, like multiple omnitypes. Um, but there's the most generous definition of God that I could grant. Uh, probably is about Sigma Four again, maybe one in fifteen thousand chance. But that's and the wild guess, really, as far as belief structures mm -hmm. go. Okay, that's a good one. Um, never seen anybody point. Uh, presenting like that so it's interesting uh yeah one of the things i talk that i think we always talk when we talk about atheism and mm -hmm. and beliefs and reality and street epistemology is what is actually the theism and what is actually the gnosticism because sometimes mm -hmm. uh we see that people actually have different definitions and that is mm -hmm. when the the survey is so useful because then we have people marking different things but then when you ask them what they interpreted you understand that their definition of reality or <laughs> in perception or, or or sometimes they are actually talking about the perception of reality and not reality mm -hmm. when they talk about subjectivity mm -hmm. uh, sure. 
So, uh, yeah. Uh, Subjectivity I, I, and objectivity are really tough terms for people. They can't, it's hard to get two people agreeing on what that means in the same conversation. Exactly. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization.